What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I gotta tell you about a Colorado summer staple, and that is Film on the Rocks. And what it is, is live performances and movies under the stars at the iconic Red Rocks Amphitheater. It's during the summer. They've done it for so many years, and guys, it's a staple of my summer plans. And they have so many awesome movies that you can go check out and see, such as Lost Boys, GoldenEye, Legally Blonde, Independence Day, The Shining, Jurassic Park, Casino. Royale, Princess Bride, and next week, one week from now, they have Top Gun on July 20th. Guys, Red Rocks, Film on the Rocks is where I saw Top Gun for the very first time, and I'll tell you what, it was such a cool experience. I may just have to hit that one up as well. They have so, it is so cool, and they've expanded the way they're doing it. You can sit in the amphitheater and watch uh, a show for $16 for general admission or $32 for VIP or they've added where you can do a drive-in movie theater there at $59.50 per car. You can pack as many people in as you want, and you get to watch it on a state-of-the-art 55-foot LED screen. It is so, so cool. Great for date night. Great for family night. It's great if you just want to go by yourself. I, I'm telling you, it is such a cool environment. So make sure to check them out uh, and get in on one of these movies over at Film on the Rocks. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. DNVR Broncos podcast on this terrific Tuesday edition. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online, because over at MSU Denver Online, they are the new urban online university with learning outcomes equivalent to face-to-face courses, which is unheard of at other universities, but MSU Denver delivers. They have great gen eds taught by real people, great completion options, full programs, and the virtual services to keep you healthy and happy on your way to graduation and whether you're online or on campus it's all the same to them their students do just as well online as they do in person which means you get the same degree while continuing to live your life my boy mace what is going on my friend i'm having one of those mornings zach where i sit down at the computer and for some reason the the bluetooth connection to the keyboard and the mouse isn't working so uh, I'm having a highly frustrating morning so far, but we'll get through it. How are you? Oh, I'm I'm doing great. And Mace, I mean, speaking of highly frustrating, this may just frustrate you even more. Have you heard of a guy named uh, Peyton Manning? I've heard some things about him. A uh, a Broncos legend, a Hall of Famer, a Broncos Ring of Famer, a Denver local here, Denver resident. He's supposed to be pulling for the Broncos in every single way. And uh, he was at the All-Star Game because, of course, any Colorado event Peyton Manning's at because he is a Colorado uh, legend now, lives here. 
And after he spoke with uh, MLB.com, I believe, and uh, Mace, he wasn't doing the pounding on the table for Aaron Rodgers that we needed. Well, he wasn't pounding on the table. And also he was kind of putting a, a, a dose of uh, cold water on it in, in the oh. interview with MLB.com. And I respect where I come from, but as we discussed this, uh, I think I can see why he feels this way. Oh, no. Oh, no, Mace. Oh, no. You're joining him as well. Well, Peyton, Peyton, I'm not joining. I'm not joining him in maybe the pessimism about it. I'm I'm saying I'm putting myself in his shoes and I can see where he's coming from. Well, I'll read the comments in just a second. But Peyton, buddy, we love you. You're supposed to be you're supposed to be leading this effort. You may want to buy the team at some point. Aaron Rodgers on this team makes it way more valuable. Peyton, help us out here. And like you said, he did not do that. He did not do that. Here are his comments when asked about the Rodgers situation uh, and where he thought Rodgers was going to go. Peyton said, great question. Obviously, it's the question of the summer here in Denver. He's right on that. Obviously, I hope he plays somewhere this year. The fact that Aaron Rodgers might not play this year, I can't fathom it. He's too good of a player. Too fun to watch for the fans. I personally hope it's it's in Green Bay. No, that's what what I see him as. I hope they can kind of make amends and work it out. The team is so close. If he were to leave there, it'd be a major change, obviously, for them. So he went on to say some other things, which we'll get into in a second. But Mace, those those first con- that first comment from Peyton, I mean, he nailed it on the head. No, no mm-hmm. one wants. Well, maybe there's a couple people that want Aaron Rodgers to retire right now, but I guarantee you the NFL does not want Aaron Rodgers sitting on the right. sideline, whether it's, you know, forced retirement or whether he's just getting fined by the Packers for not showing up. No one wants that. It's not good for the game of football. So uh, Peyton nailed that one on the head. He did. And, and that's where if this thing extends itself, you do wonder if at some point the league will put not overt pressure and not huge pressure, but maybe just a little bit of pressure on a, on Green Bay to move towards something. If Rogers doesn't want to be doesn't want to be there, doesn't want to play there anymore because he is one of the the meal tickets of the NFL. I mean, basically, you look at the biggest personalities, the biggest names, the ones that drive ratings, drive interest. It's a short list right now. It's Tom Brady. It's Aaron Rodgers. It's Patrick Mahomes. We just lost one of those guys, of course, in um, in Drew Brees, who retired with the Saints. Uh, you could probably say Lamar Jackson is another player that that drives that kind of interest. There are very few guys that move the needle. Russell Wilson. It's only a handful and a handful. And if you take out, say, twenty percent of that group, it has an impact. The league won't like it. Yeah, you're exactly right. And Mace, I also see why Peyton, I mean, Peyton is is Mr. Historian. He knows exactly everything about the history of the NFL. So I'm not surprised why he says he personally hopes it's in Green Bay. Although I think everyone in Denver uh, is a little hurt by that. Their stomachs are a little hurt here. And Peyton Manning say that he hopes Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay. But you take a step back and Peyton is such a historian. He loves the game. If it were up to him, he would have played for one team his entire career. 
career. He likes that. He likes the history of it uh, and the tradition. So I'm not surprised that he wants Aaron Rodgers to stay with one team for his entire career. Yeah, he admires the fact that his younger brother Eli was able to be a giant and nothing else. And uh, frankly, I think uh, it's something that is pretty common and endemic to the, the Manning family. And it's and it all starts back in the early 1980s when Archie Manning, after uh, playing into his 12th season with the New Orleans Saints, was unceremoniously traded to the Houston Oilers in back in 82 and then uh, was there briefly and then went on to Minnesota after that to close out his career. And you look back at that and that's where the seeds of, of being of wanting to be in one place, I think were planted with Peyton Manning. And then of course he goes through it, uh, leaving the Colts. And frankly, Zach, the only reason Peyton Manning left the Colts was just a perfect storm of circumstances. I mean, you had to, it had to be a year where there was a slam dunk generational quarterback prospect at the top of the draft. If it happens a year earlier, I don't know the, the, the Colts, Jettison Peyton Manning for Cam Newton. They probably draft Von Miller if they're sitting at the top of the draft in 2011. In 2013, I certainly don't think they would have jettisoned Peyton Manning for Eric Fisher at the top of that draft. <laughs> no, I think that's pretty safe to say. They would have rolled the dice on Peyton's rehab. So it just it just happened to come together in a way where uh, it was somewhat logical for the Colts to make that move. And uh, it looked like it was working out until injuries caught up with Andrew Luck. So it was an unusual circumstance, but it's one that Peyton had to deal with. And it took him a while. Now we know he's Mr. Bronco. Now he loves all things Denver. He loves Colorado. I mean, he really should be a spokesman for Colorado tourism, the way he feels about this state and this place. He should be on the train at DIA. Yeah. All the time. Uh, he, he really, he really should. I mean, it, you know, he's, he's very selective on his endorsements, but I think if, uh, the state of Colorado tourism board is smart. They would uh, bring aboard Peyton Manning because he, he certainly can, he certainly is a good salesman. And the fact that this is a guy who, you know, has been elsewhere, has seen ever just about everything, been almost every place on the planet and has chosen Colorado. I think that says a lot. So it, in, it ultimately, and that's why I think it's interesting that he, he, the football historian part of him is outweighing the part of him that found that chapter too. In right. to to use the title of a of a Neil of a Neil Simon play back from back in the day that uh, um, I didn't even pick that up. Yeah, it, it was also in a Seinfeld episode as, as well. Oh, I definitely yeah. didn't pick that. Oh. Up. Really shocked to hear. <laughs> but um, you know, is the can the second chapter be as good as the first? I mean, there's the old cliche about there are no second acts in in life. Well, Peyton Manning went against that. He had a he had a brilliant second act in Denver. Uh, we talked yesterday about uh, players like Elvis Dumervil and Demarcus Ware, who had great second acts uh, when when they were cut and forced to move on, going to Baltimore, and of course here are the Broncos, respectively. Uh, but I think that we know what kind of historian Peyton Manning is, and if you don't know, just watch a few episodes of Peyton's Places, and you'll find out pretty quickly uh, about how he cherishes the history of the game, how it's something sacred to him. And part of the, and, and part and those who really are into the history kind of look back at, uh, look back at 
Bart Starr playing for one team and Terry Bradshaw playing uh, for one team. And then how odd it looked when John Unitas played for the Chargers rather than the Colts at the end of, of the career. And they say, well, you know, I'd rather see the guy stay, uh, stay in one spot. So Peyton isn't think Peyton is not thinking about it as Colorado and Peyton Manning. He's thinking about it as historian Peyton Manning as six-year-old who watched his dad have to pack his bags and commute to Houston to play football, Peyton Manning. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Mace. But all of those guys you mentioned are old guys. I mean, that is truly history right now. Maybe he needs to, uh, you know, open that Twitter account, start a Twitter and, uh, you know, gain millions of followers in the first 10 minutes, but then also see what's happened recently, Mace, starting with him. I mean, he wanted to stay a cult for life. That obviously didn't happen. And it worked out great when he went somewhere else. And you know what? It was good for the league, too. It wasn't good for the Colts, but it was good for the league. And then last year, what did we see? Tom Brady. I mean, Peyton Manning was Mr. Colt. Tom Brady was Mr. Patriot for two decades. And he left. And look what it did. It made Tampa Bay relevant. Boom right away, won a Super Bowl, was good for Tom Brady. You can make an argument that it very good for the NFL in a short period of time as well, just really spreading the love around to other teams. And so, Peyton, I know you're about history and you're about the game, but recent history and being good for the NFL, it could be Ta- or, or Aaron Rodgers going to the Broncos, especially since we've seen how well the Broncos, you know, Broncos country, and then also how the nation reacts to the Broncos. When the Broncos are good, the nation and and the networks love to follow the Broncos. They love to pick up on them. So Peyton, I know where you're coming from, but let's look at it from the other side. Some may say orange glasses or some may just say, you know, just, just, just great thinking. Yeah, that's (laughs) ah, that, that, that's very true. But that, that being said, I mean, the nation loved the Broncos when they had Peyton Manning. The, the nation watches the Broncos when they're good, but uh, have ratings and NFL interest been negatively affected because the balance of power in the AFC West has shifted to the border of Kansas and Missouri? I mean, it's you know, kind of part of the ebb, ebb and flow of these things, right? Uh, um, the Dallas Cowboys used to be the meal ticket of the NFL. For the last 25 years, while they've generated a lot of interest, they haven't done diddly poo. Yet the NFL kept kept right on right on marching. I mean, I remember back in the 1980s and uh, into the early 90s when Washington was a signature franchise of this league, and they've been in the in the tank basically for the last two decades. The NFL just kept right on humming. So, Ooh, Mace, really quick. Let's let's talk yeah. ratings really quick. What's what's a better rating um, for for a, this a game in twenty twenty one? Aaron Rodgers in the Green Bay Packers going up against Matthew Stafford in the Detroit Lions, or Aaron Rodgers with the Broncos going up against Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers. Good point. It's got to be Broncos Chargers. But- now let let me dial it up a level. What's a better rating? Uh, Justin Fields and the Bears going up against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers or Aaron Rodgers and the Denver Broncos going up against Patrick Mahomes okay. and the Kansas City Chiefs. Hold on. Those aren't those aren't equivalent things, though. 
What you think Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings is more equivalent? No, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is if you wanted to kind of do an apples to apples comparison, uh, you, you just put, you'd say, uh, Broncos bears, even though they're not on the schedule this year. I mean, look, let's we can take it in the other direction. No, 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 no. no I'm no. talking about division games that yeah. happen twice a year. Yeah. The, I mean, the Aaron Rodgers in the AFC West is way better for ratings than Aaron Rodgers in, in what's now the NFC uh, North with just those teams they have. And that's just over one third of the schedule. I mean, you've also, you've, you've also got games on the schedule that include like, uh, uh, you know, pack Packers Seahawks next next year in Green Bay. I think they want Jordan Love leading the Packers a, a, out there uh, in in the battle against Russell Wilson, the Seahawks, or would they rather have Aaron Rodgers? I, I think once you step back and look at the bigger picture, I don't I don't believe it makes a substantial difference where Aaron Rodgers plays. Ooh, it's just I disagree. It's just where it's just which games become the spotlight games. Like, for example, take week one. All right. Fox has two games in the late afternoon window of week one. They've got Packers at Saints and they've got Broncos at Giants. So if Aaron Rodgers is playing week one, they can't lose. They simply, wherever Aaron Rodgers is, Green Bay or Denver, if he is playing anywhere, and I think it's basic, it, it's more likely Denver or nowhere, but if Pat, if if the Packers get Aaron Rodgers, find if they find a cord, Aaron Rodgers brings the Packers back in his good graces. Then Fox sends its number one crew, Joe Buck, Troy, Troy Aikman, down to New Orleans to the Superdome, and they show that game. If Aaron Rodgers, Denver Bronco, they send the same crew to New York. And now I will say this: we get into the subject of television markets, and I do believe that in that comparison, you're right, Zach. More people would watch Broncos Giants than Packers Saints. Yeah, oh, I, I definitely agree with that. But I, I just think Aaron Rodgers, the, the NFL having the opportunity to have Rodgers Mahomes twice a year, and if Herbert continues to develop as he is, they guarantee themselves mm -hmm. Herbert and Mahomes and Herbert uh, and Rodgers twice a year. I mean, the AFC West would be primetime nearly every single week. Um, man, it, it, it's uh, I think it's something the NFL would like. And a historian like Peyton wants it to be, you know, very, very genuine and go with the team that drafted you. Uh, but Mace, we haven't even got into the juicy comments yeah. from Peyton Manning, what I think are the juicy comments. And let's get into that. But first, Mace, got to tell you guys about Ball. They are sponsoring us now across the DNVR network. And I'm talking about the ball as in ball arena, as in the aerospace technology company, as in the world's largest aluminum can and packaging manufacturer. And they've been leading global sustainability efforts for decades. In 2018 and 2019, Ball Aerospace developed image surveillance systems to observe natural resources from space and methane, ozone, even land and water use. Ball's aluminum stewardship initiative certification makes it a leader in the stewardship of aluminum while meeting the highest environmental, ethical, and social standards within their market. And why that's so important is because they are a huge leader. In fact, Mace, in 2020, Ball made over 101 billion cans. Yes, 101 billion cans. Good golly gracious, that's a lot of cans. So it Ball is, is hiring production technicians to make even more of these cans? 
Exactly. They're adding to their line capacity to their 400 person plant here in Golden. And the demand for sustainable aluminum beverage cans is greater than ever. And more than that, chances are if you've consumed a beverage in a can, it's been from a ball aluminum can. I've got one in my hand right now. It's a, a soda can. It's some uh, Pepsi Zero Mango, probably in a ball aluminum can. Oh, absolutely. Part of that one and that were 101 billion that they made last year. And I'll tell you what, guys, my aunt just started working for ball and she says it's such a friendly environment, a great place to work. And they want to hire you into that great environment right here in Golden. So here's what you do. You can check it out at hashtag work at ball online and you can apply for a position at their aluminum can plant by texting golden G O L D E N to seven, seven, two, 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 or go to jobs ball.com and search for golden that's jobs.ball.com and search for golden or simply text golden to seven, seven, two, two, two. Some good stuff, Zach, you know, what else is good stuff? What we're cranking out at DNVR on a daily basis. Of course, this podcast uh, written content that Zach and I are providing on the Broncos, even during the doldrums, the horse latitudes here of the off season as training camp is still just over a couple of weeks away. And of course the written content analysis of Denver's other major pro sports teams, plenty of stuff on the abs, the nuggets, the Rockies, great covers of the all-star game going on right now. And of course, being a member means you can comment on this podcast and join the conversation. So that's those are big reasons why you should become a member. But the perks are continuing to add up, and the price isn't going up becoming a DNVR member. For example, you can join the DNVR Golf League. If you missed the initial sign-up, opportunities for you to join week to week, depending on what course the DNVR Golf League is on, are popping up. Follow DNVR Golf on Twitter for all those updates. There's the Discord where you can chat about Denver sports and anything else without worrying about politics or jerks or that sort of thing. If you come on down DNVR bar for a watch party, you'll get extra raffle tickets. If you're a DNVR member, make sure you mention to your server that you are a DNVR member, and then they'll take good care of you. Of course, you can talk with our host, the discord. You can talk with us here on the DNVR Broncos podcast in the comments section. Like I mentioned, and you get a free DNVR shirt with annual membership and weekly discounts in the DNVR locker and also with some of our partners as well. And so on shirts, you that may, might end up paying the price of your subscription on its own, let alone all the other cool stuff that you're going to get. And of course, you come on down to the DNVR bar. That membership will give you a big beer for the price of a smaller beer. What, what more could you want? So if you're not a member, we appreciate you listening. We love you being a part of this. But think about becoming a DNVR member today and get in on the conversation with us. Absolutely. Get in on the conversation. We love hearing from you. So drop into the comment section when you do and make something else we love, man, with the NBA finals here, our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook are making the odds even better to get in on this. So what you do, go to DraftKings Sportsbook or download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And when you do bet $1.00 to win $150 in site credit. So bet $1 on either team left, Phoenix or Milwaukee. And if that team wins, you win $150 in site credits. That's all you have to do. 
put $1 down to win $150 in site credits. And also don't forget about the daily odds boosts that are awesome. Uh, you can get in on baseball, of course, basketball, and I'm starting to look at NFL futures already. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So head to the app store now, download the top graded DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $150 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win. And if they win their next game, you'll claim $150 in free site credits. That's promo code DNVR for a limited time only. Only DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Mace, I said we hadn't even got to the juicy Peyton Manning part. And here is what Peyton said after that first quote. He said, my gut is he's not coming to Denver. My gut is Denver's going to have Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater be their quarterback. At this point, you got to know what your plan is. You can't be having a new quarterback three weeks before the season. Wow. Okay. So there's, there's kind of two things there. He says his gut is the Broncos aren't getting him. And then he says you can't get a new quarterback three weeks before the season. Which yeah, way do you want to start, Mace? Well, I think you 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 lump it together, but I'll start with the second part of that because I think the second part of that illuminates the first part of it. Hmm. And we know, for example, what Peyton has said over the years about when he came to Denver from Indian- Indianapolis, when he had to adjust to a new scheme, new receivers, et cetera. And we even know in that first season, it took him – really three or four games until he looked like Peyton Manning and maybe really Peyton wasn't truly unleashed and back to his old form until that sixth game against San Diego, the comeback from 24 points down. So you could, you could argue that it took him basically six games to where he was really Peyton Manning rather than just Peyton Manning, the guy, the new quarterback of the Denver Broncos. So I, and and the other thing is beyond that, he said, hey, it took a year until he really felt like he had confidence and timing with his pass catchers, uh, Demarius Thomas, Eric Decker, working with them for the first time. And so I think it's key to look at Peyton's experience and the things that he has said about the time it took him to really reach that comfort zone after coming to Denver when he says when, when he says that he can't, you know, he can't see Aaron Rodgers coming to Denver. I think what he's saying is that he can't see it because in his, in his own experience, it took him so so long to kind of get adjusted and get comfortable that you can't just plug somebody in and expect success. The counter to that, I would say is that, all right, if you bring in Aaron Rodgers at the last minute or even during the season, do you expect him to be MVP Aaron Rodgers? Probably not quite yet. Do you expect him to be better than what you have on the roster right now? And is he better than what you have on the roster right now? Absolutely. I know RK was on, um, I believe, KOA last week and said something to the effect of, if you trade for for Aaron Rodgers on Saturday, he should be starting on Sunday. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And uh, Peyton is right in Ooh. a way. 
Is it ideal to trade for a quarterback? The most important position in sports, the center of your offense, the center of your team, the guy that has to know every single role, has to master the playbook. Is it ideal to trade for him three weeks, six weeks before the season? No, of course it's not. Peyton, you're absolutely right. It is not ideal, but is it ideal? What's more ideal, Mace, to have Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke, even if Drew Locke takes a step up and clearly wins a job over Teddy Bridgewater, or a first ballot Hall of Famer. It's more ideal to have a first ballot Hall of Famer. Easy, in in my mind. And here's another thing with it, is Peyton, he, uh, I bet he mastered the playbook more than anyone else in NFL history. Mm -hmm. I, I would not be surprised at that. That's just the type of brain he has. That's the type of work ethic he has. That's the type of emphasis he has. He set a standard on learning a playbook and understanding an offense to the most minute degree that I think now kind of reflects the way that quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes like to understand it, or even Aaron Rodgers as well, because a lot of the same things about the attention to detail for that Peyton Manning showed are Aaron Rodgers to a T. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is on that level though. And so, and I don't think really any other quarterback, maybe Patrick Mahomes will end up being like that when he has to start relying even more on his mind than his physical attributes. But I don't even think Aaron Rodgers is like that. So while I think it would absolutely drive Peyton Manning nuts and give him uh, headaches every single day, thinking about just how much work he has to cram in, I think Aaron Rodgers would obviously put a tremendous amount of work in, but I don't think Aaron Rodgers would be that worried as Peyton would be about mastering the playbook by week one. So I don't think it's as big of a deal to Aaron Rodgers as it would be to Peyton Manning. So I think that kind of takes his level of concern in that regard down a little bit. And also Mace, I do want to look at those first five games that Peyton Manning had with the Broncos. And yes, Peyton Manning did have a full off season with the Broncos. He had a full training camp. He had way more than just three weeks to learn the offense, but we know those were uh, up until, you know, the back end of 2014, those were maybe the, those were the games when the Broncos struggled the most in the Peyton Manning era, those first five games in 2012, when the Broncos went two and three, let me read you Peyton Manning stats. He averaged 300 passing yards per game. He had 11 touchdowns and three picks in those five games, a quarterback rating of 101. I mean, mm -hmm. come on. He the complete completion percentage of 66. You got to be kidding me for those being your learning games for those being mm -hmm. your quote unquote bad stretch. When the team goes two and three Peyton, it was not your fault. that The team was two and three. It was not your fault. Now outside of that Atlanta game in week two, when he did throw three interceptions in the first half was just absolutely abysmal and terrible Broncos almost still came back and won that game. But outside of that, this was not on Peyton. It was about the, the rest of the team. If the Broncos can get those first five games from Aaron Rodgers, where he's quote unquote, you know, not in rhythm, still learning the offense. If it's 11 touchdowns, three picks and a passer rating of 101.1. Oh my goodness. Sign me up for that right now. Heck, if you were to tell me that the Broncos trade, you know, three first round picks and Bradley Chubb and everything uh, for Aaron Rodgers, and he ends up being an 11 touchdown, three interception guy uh, over five game stretches, like that's his ceiling. Sign me up for that. And what Peyton's saying is that may end up being like kind of the worst stretch he has. Oh my goodness. Give me it. Yeah, yeah that would be great. Now, one thing about 
those games, Zach. I mean, you had the Raiders game, the Raiders were terrible, and the Broncos romped. But those other four games, Pittsburgh, at Pitt, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Houston, New Orleans, they were against or, – or New England, pardon me, New Orleans was later in the season. They were against really good teams, and the thing that happened – in all of those games, most prominently against Atlanta, was that they dug themselves holes early. Now, uh, against Pittsburgh, it was it was moderate. It was only, I believe, uh, ten, I want to say it was 10-7 at halftime of that game. I'm just going to confirm it. Yeah, it was 10-7. But then that Atlanta game, you remember Peyton looked looked uh, looked lousy early in that game, and the Broncos yep. uh, fell into a fell into a 21 nothing hole. Uh, they fell behind by multiple scores in the first half against Houston. The same thing happened against New England. And so a lot of what the of Peyton Manning and the Broncos did in, statistically in those early games, believe it or not, it was kind of a, you know, basically throwing and trying to, trying to throw their way back in, into games a little bit. And that's not what Peyton Manning was used to. So you, you, you could kind of understand why the frustration uh, was there, even though you step back and like, okay, he's productive. You knew it was, you knew it was going to come. Although I'll say this uh, that night in Atlanta, that was the one where I recall a lot of questions oh, yeah. popping up because he, because he got picked off and you were wondering, okay, is the arm going to come back? Well, eventually mm-hmm. it, it, it here, here's the footnote. It did. <laughs> and the other thing, the, the other thing about that Atlanta game, I remember, is that was one of the replacement official games, and they completely screwed that up. I've never seen John Fox so angry in a game as I saw him that night at the refs. Yeah, that was it, uh, it, that was every, definitely a forgettable game. It was a wild, it was a wild night, and everything about that just felt wrong <laughs> when it was happening. But it's just kind of a harmless footnote now when you look back on it. But it, also, but Peyton, but Peyton doesn't forget these experiences. Okay, he, and he doesn't. <laughs> but May something else he shouldn't forget outside of that game. He didn't throw any yeah. interceptions in, in the yeah. first five games. I mean, yeah. that's it. He threw three picks in that game. Like I said, it was a terrible game. Uh, yeah. One of yeah. his worst games as a Bronco. But then he went two touchdowns, no picks, two touchdowns, no picks, three touchdowns, no picks, three touchdowns, no picks in his first five games. And then we know the rest starting in week six mm-hmm. in San Diego. Broncos down and made the historic comeback. Just an incredible comeback. And that sparked. And here's something else Peyton shouldn't forget that sparked an 11 game win streak to go and be the number one seed in the playoffs and now we know what happened we don't need to talk about that uh that January game against Baltimore but pretty pretty darn good so Peyton I think you're uh you know a little hard on yourself a little hard on other great quarterbacks when thinking that it can't be done you know three weeks isn't enough time maybe instead of a rough first five games like the Broncos had, maybe it is a a rough first 10 weeks of the season Mm -hmm. with Aaron Rodgers because Peyton had a full off season and because Aaron Rodgers uh, would only have three weeks or a couple of weeks before the season, instead of five games, let's extend it. Let's say it's 10 games of the season. Still sign me up because if he's doing what Peyton Manning did, 11 touchdowns, three picks, let's even say it's 11 touchdowns, five picks. He's averaging a pick a game in the first 10 games, and then it all gets drastically better after that. Okay, the Broncos are still going to be in the playoffs. Maybe we're not talking about this year. If this is the case, we're not talking about the Broncos competing with the Chiefs because I don't believe we would be if the first Mm -hmm. 10 games were kind of rough. But we're talking about the Broncos 
absolutely making the playoffs. And then when the playoffs come around, just like how Peyton Manning and that Broncos team went on an 11-game win streak, maybe that's when the Broncos' win streak is in full gear. You said something interesting there, Zach. Oh. Aaron Rodgers averaging a pick a game. That is kind of hard to fathom. It is. I was trying to be tough, too. I mean, that's I know why I said it. I mean, I would say, like, for example, uh, you, you go through you go through the last five seasons and in those five seasons, he's played he's played 71 regular season games. All right. And his interception total is, let's see, seven, six, two, four, five. So 13, 15, uh, 24. So 24 interceptions in 71 games. So literally he's averaging an interception about about once every three games, roughly. So I would say Aaron Rodgers struggling as he picks things up <laughs> looks like one interception every two games or two interceptions every three games. <laughs> right. Not even one-to-one. And oh, by the way, because of the quality of his pass catchers, he's throwing two and a half. He's probably throwing two, two and a half touchdowns a game in that span struggling he's throwing two to two and a half yeah so let's let's just let's just even say let's even say two touchdowns a game and two interceptions every three games just to kind of uh go for the low end of this uh over three games that's that's six touchdowns two picks so if it's an if it's a nine game sample size it's 18 touchdowns six picks i mean uh, you know i i think we'll be able to live with that it's it's I been a long so. <laughs> it's been a long long time. You gotta go back to Peyton Manning and his and the yeah. height of his performance since the Broncos were able to talk about three touchdown three touchdowns against one pick three to or three to one ratio. So yeah, yeah think, that's why I think, I'm totally I think we'll be okay, okay with that. With <laughs> and, and that and and that's the and that again kind of is part of what is at work here. I get what Peyton is saying from his experience, and I and I that's why when I read those comments. I kind of took a step back and kind of and said, okay, it's something maybe we should always do when we when we kind of see these comments. Why does the person think this way? Like, can we put together the potential rationale that explains a perspective? And so from his experience, trying to as much as I can put myself in his shoes, I completely get what he's saying. Oh, yeah. it, it makes total sense. But then you kind of take a look at it from the Bronco perspective, what they have had in recent years at quarterback, what they have right now, at least kind of based on what we've seen, what we know based on, you know, pre not only previous years, but also what we have seen to date in OTAs, which is Drew having a lot of power, but uh, not, but uh, not, ha not being very consistent. And then Teddy, having some good placement, but not having a lot of velocity on his throws. And you're like, okay, both of these guys are missing something really important to being a long-term quarterback. And can they, can they find a way to compensate for what they are, are lacking? And can they, can they grow? Can they figure things out? Aaron Rodgers, of course, has already figured things out and Aaron Rodgers, even, you know, and here, and here's the thing, let's say the trade is at, at the deadline. God forbid Zach. All right. <laughs> let's say it's at the trade deadline and the Broncos are, you know, because of that, because of that 
September, they say they started well. So they started three and zero, and then it uh, it became a grim October that uh, they, they lost to Baltimore, they lost to Pittsburgh, they lost to Cleveland. Uh, maybe they even got uh, got knocked on their tail by Washington with that pass rush with the with the football team coming in on Halloween, and they're sitting there skulking around at five hundred. Well, if you put Aaron Rodgers in there at the trading deadline, it would it be enough to get this team to a division title? Almost certainly not, unless the Chiefs lost Patrick Mahomes to an injury. But would it be enough to allow the Broncos to get in at ten at, at ten and seven or eleven and six, and then uh, maybe you turn them loose in the playoffs and see what happens? And maybe Rodgers has grown uh, to that point. Absolutely, and obviously this guy had an off season last year, but it took Tom Brady a little bit as well before he was Tom Brady again, even with all right. the receiving talent that Tampa Bay has, but by the playoffs, Tom Brady coupled with a, a good pass rush on the other side of the ball was more than enough to get the bucks to a super bowl. And if you traded for Aaron Rodgers, yes, you wouldn't have the off season. Yes. He'd be learning on the fly, but she would be rolling the dice that, he would know enough about the offense, enough about his pass catchers to where you kind of get in the playoffs as a low seed, but with the defense that you've, that Vic Fangio has built with Aaron Rodgers getting better timing with his pass catchers, that the seed wouldn't matter that you could go on the road and do something just like the bucks did last winter. And it goes beyond this year too. And, and that's something we don't want to be too short-sighted about, especially mm -hmm. uh, with the way Peyton at least said it last night to MLB network. This would, uh, if the Broncos trade for Aaron Rodgers midseason, whether it's week three, whether it's, you know, right before the trade deadline, I don't, I don't know if people would truly be saying that they're the favorite to win the Super Bowl because you still have the Bucks, you still have the Chiefs, but the Broncos would certainly be competing. They'd be in the playoffs, they'd be competing. But then next off season, people would legitimately be talking about the Broncos as the favorite to win the Super Bowl, as they should be. And we know the window isn't that long with Aaron Rodgers, but I can guarantee the window would be open for 2022 maybe probably 2023. And then maybe after that, it kind of trickles off a little bit. So it's not just about this year. You're talking about a two or three or four year stretch of just excellent play where you are talking about competing. So it does go beyond just this year. There are more benefits than just this year. So yeah, absolutely. If you have to wait till the trading deadline to me, Mace, you absolutely still make the move and then hope that you, everything starts clicking right around January. And man, mm -hmm. then like you said it's more than just the offense the Vic Fangio defense as well Aaron Rodgers is only going to make everyone better he will and and that's kind of the other thing he'll make everyone better and he is such a game changer even if he comes in relatively late that as long that you wouldn't be thinking about okay what is this team seed in the playoffs it's just okay get in the playoffs it's kind of like it's kind of like the Tampa Bay Lightning in the just completed Stanley Cup play, playoffs in the NHL that, okay, they have talent. They're getting, <clears throat> pardon me, they're getting a star player back in Nikita Kucherov for the postseason who they didn't have in the regular season. It doesn't matter what their record is in the regular season as long as they are in the postseason. The seeding was completely inconsequential because that team getting back to full strength was just that good. And that, too, I think, to a degree is how I would feel about the Broncos if they bring in Aaron Rodgers at midseason and they just kind of 
eke their way into the postseason as a six or a seven seed. Uh, yeah, it'd be, it, it, it'd be a drag to not be able to see them at home in the, in the playoffs, but I don't think we'd be choosy about that. I'd feel pretty, I would feel pretty good about their chances against anybody when you had Aaron Rodgers leading the offense partnered with what you have on the defensive side of the ball. I'd feel, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd feel like the Broncos could beat anybody anywhere with that combination. Scary, scary. And Mace, the last thing that Peyton said that does make me feel a little worse, and I can't really give pushback on this at all. He said, my <laughs> gut is he's not coming to Denver. My gut is Denver's going to have Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater be their quarterback. You know what? Peyton Manning's gut. I'm never betting against Peyton yeah. Manning's gut. So yesterday, I think I said I was 50-50 with giving the slight edge to the Broncos having Aaron Rodgers this year. I think I said 50 and a half percent that they get him. Now I'm going 49 and a half percent. Peyton Manning's gut just knocked me down a percent oh. where now it's the underdog. I don't, Peyton may know something. He may have talked to Aaron Rodgers or this truly just may be a gut feeling, but Hey, I'm not a franchise all-star hall of fame quarterback. Peyton Manning is, he knows how these guys operate. Uh, and also he has his phone number. So maybe he has talked to him. So I'm, uh, I, I'm letting Peyton's gut influence me. Yeah, that's fair. I'm not, I'm, I'm still where I was yesterday because we've all got gut feelings on this and, you know, we've all tried to put together uh, a jigsaw puzzle of a thousand pieces when we only really have about say 50 or 60 pieces at hand. And we're trying to figure out what that puzzle adds up to. But I mean, my gut feeling is that, and not just a gut feeling, but just kind of the things you hear from the Wisconsin side of it are uh, involved this, that I think Aaron Rodgers has played his last game for the green Bay Packers. And at some point, the standoff is going to lead to movement that the, the, stu the stubbornness will lead to a practical choice. The question is when that happens, could it be, you know, could it be uh, next off season? I hope, I hope not. I hope if something happens, it happens uh, in the next few months, but it, it could be sitting there and waiting. Hey, Aaron Rodgers' agent has done this before. He did this with Carson Palmer in 2011 and the deal happened to the Raiders right at the trade deadline. Yeah, exactly. So it, it could happen. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it could happen in a year from now. And then I'd be curious what Peyton would say, because if he had a full off season in place, but he's an aging guy, I mean, he'd be older than Peyton Manning was when he retired at that point. So I'd be curious what Peyton right. would say then. Hopefully we don't have a year to continue to talk about this. Maze. So hopefully something, especially for the count's sake is shored up uh, fairly soon. I don't think any of us can take another year of this. I think uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, it, let's let's get some resolution on this over the next few months, and uh, try to think of a transition to this spot. I a, a good <laughs> smooth segue failed me, so I'll just say, you want to be smiling, no, and have a nice smile, whether Aaron Rodgers is a Bronco or not. There and you so go. If you've got, if you want that ideal smile that perfect smile that daz that dazzling look then make the switch to green mountain dental group and make them your permanent family dentist several dmvr listeners have made that switch and they've let us know how great their experience was with green mountain dental and there's nothing better than hearing that from our listeners so if you've made the switch 
Hit us up. Let us know. Anyway, Green Mountain Dental Group, they're in Lakewood, and they're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans just like all of us. And our, our family has been helped out by Green Mountain Dental Group. Uh, our sales director, Lindsay, had her wisdom teeth removed there and said it was literally the best dental experience of her life. Green Mountain Dental, they're going to treat you like family. You're not just a patient when you're in the chair there. They'll check up on you after the procedure a few days later, give you give you a call. Let's see how you're doing, how things are going. They'll send you a card, your, your personal card to your home after you become a new patient. So schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam at Green Mountain Dental. And guess what? You're going to receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. That's a toothbrush I use. It'll promote good brushing habits in you. Make sure that you're brushing two minutes every morning, every night. It's, it, it's a wonderful tool. I highly recommend it. It's not just some throwaway giveaway. The Sonicare toothbrush is something special. So you're going to get one of those if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam and go on over there. So if you go to Green Mountain Dental, tag us and let us know how our community support can, can support our biggest supporters, such as Green Mountain Dental. They're only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. And they always want you to know the first step to good health is by taking care of your mouth. And there's no better place to do that in the Denver area than at Green Mountain Dental Group. Speaking of great giveaways, our friends at Hassel Cattle Company are giving away so much to you guys right now. They're giving away a free flank steak. If you buy three, you get one free, guys. These are delicious steaks. They're great slice against the grain when carving. They're ideal choice if you're looking to marinate. And they're super affordable, only $9.99. And if you buy three at $9.99, you'll get one free. So you can get four for under $30. And when you do, if you want that deal, use D. DNVR flank at checkout. That's code DNVR F L A N K at checkout to get that buy three, get one free. And guys, you can't go wrong with any of the products that they have. They call their beef, the blue collar Wagyu because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man and woman and person can afford. Hassle Com cattle company also has smoked sausage, New York strip, beef, bacon, Wagyu, Frank without any fillers. And of course their jerky, which is fantastic. We love their beef and their country loves their beef and they are, are giving you the chance to also get in on another deal. If you use the code DNVR10, you'll get 10% off your order and over $200, you get free shipping over at Hassle Cattle Company. We put our ultimate stamp of approval on it because it is the official beef of DNVR. It is the beef in DNVR at the bar. It is the beef that you get on the burger. So that just shows that we absolutely love it and you guys will love it too. So use a couple of codes DNVR flank to get buy three, get one free on flank steaks and also use code dnvr10 to get 10 percent off your order and any order over 200 gets you free shipping making my mouth water wow that sounds <laughs> terrific what you get from our friends over at hassle cattle company and hey the flank steaks that's something terrific because you can use that for carne asada and you're going to have a marvelous meal when you put those things on the grill if you want something else marvelous Check out our friends over at Solace Meds, a new partner here at DNVR, a premier dispensary with some hot deals to offer for the month of, <clears throat> pardon me, for the month of July and four convenient Colorado locations in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, and then one on East Colfax, just blocks away from the DNVR bar. And of course, they've got some great deals coming up in this hot month of July, including 50% off Wild Night and Day Gummies. 25% off all WANA, 20% off open cured rosin cartridges, 20% off all green dot concentrates, 20% off one to 11 rosin cones, 
and you get a 10 cent pre-roll or 10 milligram edible when you spend $50 and on July, well, okay. Now July 10th is passed. My bad. Sorry about that. But they have all those other deals waiting for you. And if you head on over to their Wheat Ridge location, you can get a free solace bar or King Cone when you mention the code DNVR20. It's going to get you 20% off when you go online and order. If you head on in, you're going to get it to the Wheat Ridge location. You get a free solace bar or King Cone. I mentioned that code DMVR20, 20% off. Use that when you shop online at Solace Meds. And here's what you do. You go to their website, view their menu, and order online. Their website is solacemeds.com. It's S-O-L-A-C-E, meds.com. You purchase, and then you go to the nearest location to you and pick up your purchase. It couldn't be easier. So go online, purchase, use that code DNVR20, get 20% off, and then go to your nearest location and, per- and, and pick up your purchase. Or, hey, if you kind of want to uh, just make it easy, go to the DNVR bar and then go pick up your purchase uh, over on East Colfax, just blocks away from the bar after your meal or before your meal. This is It's easy to kind of combine two things into one. So check out solacemeds.com. That's S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com. Let us know when you head there and tag us when you do. Mace, what do you say we jump into the comment section and talk to the people? And before we do, want to tell you guys how to leave a comment. So once you're a member of ours, go to thednvr.com. At the top of the page, you'll see a podcast tab. Click on that, and then the Broncos is the first one to come up. Click on that. And then all of our podcasts that we've ever done will pop up. Click on the one at the very top. It's the most recent one. Once you've clicked on that, scroll to the bottom of the page. And if you're a member, a comment section will magically appear Drop your comment in there, and then we will read it on the next day's pod. And remember, on Thursday's pods, we don't we don't read the comments left on Thursday's pods. And the reason for that is because of Three Ring Circus. So just make sure if you have any comments uh, later in the week to just wait and then drop them on the Three Ring Circus pod so that we'll get to them on Monday. But we really love hearing from you guys. And so let's jump into those comment section. First one, Mace, is for you. From the count who says... You could argue that this roster has as much depth as it has had in a long, long time. Save for the offensive tackle spots, almost every position has a capable, if not potentially good, backup. As much as I hate talking about quarterback play, I think it will come down to Pat Shermer and Vic Fangio to reach Mesa's magical Mendoza standard of 420 points. 420. I think the record will be about the same with either Teddy Two Gloves or Drew, unless Drew takes an epic leap. All that is to say, GP. George Payton screwed the pooch on the hedge with upside. Gardner Minshew should have been the guy. He still has the potential to rise, and his play as is would likely land the squad in the dance. His short-sighted and ego-nostalgic crush on Teddy Bridgewater might spell this season's doom. Mark my words, love the count. Ouch! Oh my goodness, there is wow. so much there. First, it's, you know, praise for the front office about how, how there's so much depth uh, all across the roster. And then it just turns into an absolute target at George Payton. And man, Mace, I haven't thought about the name uh, Gardner Minshew since right around draft time. Of course, right before the Broncos traded for Teddy Bridgewater. Then once they did that trade, it was it was all off. But man, this this hits home a little bit because it, it does make me think, you know, when we talk about Drew and Teddy. Drew's the guy with the upside. Drew's the guy with the long-term future here, or the the capability to have the long-term future here. Teddy, he's kind of a a one-year guy. You know, he's Mm -hmm. here for this year. If he does well and the team does well, um, you know, you 
you sign him up for another year, I'm so skeptical of signing him to, you know, a four year, hundred million dollar contract. But with Gardner Minshew, he kind of could have been the best of both worlds still. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was really high on him uh, and his upside is higher than Teddy Bridgewater, I think. Uh, And his floor, I don't know if it's much worse than Teddy Bridgewater's floor, but Teddy is George Payton's guy, just like uh, the count said. Yeah. And I think the other thing that um, Teddy does bring the experience and leadership and the ability to kind of help Drew Locke with some things. So if you're trying to, if you're still trying to get the most out of Drew Locke, somebody with Teddy's experience uh, coming in here, going into his eighth season, having seen quite a bit over the years, does have some value. And by all accounts, Teddy is uh, is a willing uh, teacher uh, to help Drew Locke along to point out some things. He's not going to undermine Drew Locke just because they're competing for the same job. He's going to help him. And that's a good point. And that's one thing that you wouldn't have had with Gardner makes you, but that being said, you could make the argument and there is some data to back this up that Gardner makes in two years with a worse, with worse teams around him than Teddy Bridgewater has had has already proven to be as productive as Teddy Bridgewater. So what would he be in better circumstances with, with better surroundings? Uh, you like Gardner Minshew. I like Gardner Minshew as well. I thought he would have made a heck, a heck of a lot of sense for the Broncos in terms of having a, a competition. And then you figure, okay, you got two young guys that are battling it out. They're both in their third year. And uh, if neither one of them proves to be the guy, you go back in the draft pool, but if one of them proves to be the guy, then great. You've solved the problem. It just, to me, it would have been another, another arrow in the quiver, another right. possibility. Cause Drew Locke, if he takes the huge leap could still be that guy. If he takes the leap. And again, that would be kind of the, the exception to the rule. He would be in that uh, realm of 30% of quarterbacks in the, in that statistical range of Drew Locke, who a- after two years, who worked out rather than the 70% who didn't work it work out. But then it'd be, it'd be nice to just have two possibilities. And then you kind of, and, and then you kind of go for there. Whereas with Bridgewater, I think we know he's not a long-term guy. And even if he has a decent year, I hope the Broncos aren't giving him a long-term deal in much the same way that the bills uh, gave a big contract to Ryan Fitzpatrick after he did well in 2011, because that proved to be a mistake. Mace, earlier in this pod, we talked about how 11 touchdowns to three interceptions would be just absolutely incredible. You know, that pace for a quarterback would be magical in Denver if they could get that. That's a 3.6 to one touchdown to interception ratio. So every 3.6 touchdowns, they throw a pick. Gardner Minshew has 37 touchdowns and 11 picks in his career. That is a pace of 3.36 to one. So not quite the 3.6 that we would love, but still pretty darn good. I mean, you got to go back to the elite Peyton Manning years to where you're finding a touchdown to intercept 
interception ratio that is over three to one. And if you could get that this year with Gardner Minshew, man, that is Mace. You're talking about instant uh, playoff contender, regardless of who the quarterback is. Maybe Drew can do that. Maybe Teddy can do that. But Gardner Minshew has proven that. So, man, we need to we need to stop going down this hole because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Gardner Minshew is no longer an option for the Broncos. It is interesting that he's still in Jacksonville. I, I well, for sure thought he would be somewhere. I thought he'd be somewhere as well. But here's the probably the logic and rationale behind uh, the Jaguars perspective, because they did also sign C.J. Beathard, the former 49er. But mm-hmm. Minshew, his value could go up. Because if you have a team that loses its starting quarterback in the preseason and they don't have a real viable starter, Minshew could be somebody that a contending team turns to and says, hey, you know, maybe this dude can get us through a year, uh, get us through a year while our quarterback that we just lost rehabs and then can keep us in contention. And so at this, once it got pat, once it got past the draft at that moment it just behooved the Jaguars to hang on to Minshew because his potential trade value is actually going to be higher if there is a court a significant quarterback injury around the league then the Jags might be able to get a third round pick back for Gardner Minshew from a team that's desperate I mean hey look I mean you could see if, if the Broncos lost one of their quarterbacks maybe they're in that scenario as well where they uh, where they make a deal for Gardner Minshew we'll see yeah, we, we will see. And uh, great conversation. Thanks for that, the count. By the way, if we're talking about quarterbacks moving around and let's say Jordan Love's not the guy and Aaron Rodgers isn't coming back, Gardner Minshew seems like a Wisconsin kind of guy. Oh, my gosh. They would embrace the heck out of him. <laughs> a guy Same. that was kind of hard to embrace in Aaron Rodgers, and then they, they go from that to Gardner Minshew. Oh, my goodness. I mean, he, he's just a guy that you could see doing uh, doing plugs for – Lining Kugel beer and uh, oh, and yeah. eating and eating bratwurst and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and no drama either. <laughs> yeah, different kind of drama. Different kind. Right, of drama. right. Next one coming in from Sebastian Airbay. Hello, my friends. I hope you are all doing great. Short question today. I'm sure that you saw Peyton's comments about how he thinks Aaron Rodgers definitely is not coming to Denver. What do you take of this? Why do you think he said this? And do you now have less faith that Rodgers won't come to Denver? Have a great rest of your day. Much love, Sebastian. Well, Sebastian, you'll love our podcast that we talked about. And yes, it did drop my confidence 1%. Yeah, so that's less faith. I will, yep. I, I'm unchanged, but. So Maze, what, what are your percentages at? I think it's, uh, I think it's, it's 53% that he's a Bronco at Ooh. some point by the trade love deadline, it. 47 that he's not. Love it. I love it. And I, I think RK is like right below me. I think the last update we got, he was at like 47% that he's a Bronco. So, yeah. I mean, we are all hovering right around 50-50. And the fact that it really is 50-50 is pretty incredible for the Broncos to have an opportunity to get a Hall of Fame quarterback. The odds that we think are about 50-50. Yeah, and... And, and what we're about to see here in the next couple of weeks, uh, not only whether Aaron Rodgers reports to Green Bay or if he, if he remains steadfast in his desire to not be there, and then what happens in Packer camp? How does Jordan Love look? Uh, how do the fans react to Jordan Love? This, now you're going to actually have some, some public feedback on things in Green Bay. It's going to be visible. And uh, what happens there, I think that's going to – I think that's, that's 
going to have maybe a, a slight role in kind of pushing things one way or the other as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Next one from Hawkeye Bronco. Fellas, long time since I've commented, but make no mistake, I have caught every pod this offseason. Three Ring Circus is great. Please keep them coming. My question today, well, thank you so much. We love that you're still rolling with us, and it's okay if you don't comment. It, that, that's totally fine. We love that you check in, and great to hear all the positive feedback about Three Ring Circus. Thank you, guys. He says, my question today is about Michael O.J. Mudia and is saying, Bassey, how does having so many corners ahead of them hurt their development granted injuries will occur but both showed flashes last year of being good players also could oj mudia be a candidate to get getting reps at safety with his background as an off zone corner thanks for the pod and go broncos go dnvr well i think the chances of him getting work at safety oj mudia probably dropped substantially with the with, with the draft picks the broncos brought in uh the two safeties uh johnson and stearns that they that they picked so there's probably not the same window for him to move. And I think the Broncos still see him as a corner who can move around. So move around. So I don't, th- I don't think they're looking at him as a, as a safety, at least not right now. And I don't think in the foreseeable future a- as well. OJ Mudia, is he going to be hurt by not getting game time reps? Potentially, but it also gives him a chance to kind of reset and retrench. And I think, uh, if you're looking at the Broncos plan for 2022 and beyond, you have Bryce Callahan and Kyle Fuller, who both are in contract years. I think they expect Michael Oje Moody to be one of their top three corners when they get into the 2022 uh, season. It's saying Bassey's kind of a wild card because they're coming off the ACL and that's, and that could delay him a little bit. And maybe the wise play with the saying Bassey is to actually have him on the pup list and have him not count against a, the roster for a little bit. And then if you have an injury at corner and you need more depth, he's there waiting for you in October. Yeah, you're right. And uh, this is a big year for both of those guys. While they won't be seeing the field, this is going to be a huge year in their development. If it's saying Bassey and Michael OJ Moody, take this year to get better and to be prepared when they step on the field next year, then this year is going to be huge to them. If they don't, then Mace, it's going to be clear that this was kind of a benching year and, and they mm-hmm. were moving on from you. We're going to keep you on the roster for depth purposes, but uh, you know, that that's it for you guys. Not necessarily so much for is saying since he is coming off that injury, but more so the message for OJ Moody. So I think that, that this can be a massive year for both of those guys, even though they don't see the field this year. And with the saying, he was moving pretty darn well uh, at the, during mini camp this year. But I still don't see him being 100%. So he probably isn't going to have much of a role this year. Uh, Maybe not even make the team. Although I think he will make the team. He'll probably be the last corner. And then OJ Moody uh, making the team. But really not a role. So he's going to have to really embrace the mental side of the game and, and really focus on practice this year. If we're lumping the slot corners in with all the other corners here, basically... What we're talking about here are our corners five and six. Right. Yep, exactly. That's who we're talking about. The, the guys that just make the team. Right. Melbourne Bronco. Hi, guys. Ten days until the games of the 32nd Olympiad begin. I'm curious as to how much you guys and Americans in general watch the different sports. Down here, it's all about swimming. Not me. Team sports are the ones I watch. Hockey, softball, rugby, and water polo. And, of course, the opening ceremony. Cheers. Well, one thing that happens every time the summer Olympics arrive is that uh, 
sports fans in this country who for the other 47 months of an Olympiad don't give a crap about swimming, track, (laughs) gymnastics, water polo, all of a sudden become experts. (laughs) This this country loves a good competition, loves loves a good global competition. I mean, we're the U.S. is an event country. I mean, soccer obviously isn't as big as it is around the world, but when the World Cup rolls around, this this nation is watching it with pretty with pretty rapt interest, and of course had a very successful World Cup held here in the U.S. back in ninety in ninety four. So the the U.S. sports fans love love a big event and the olympics are just about as as big as it gets so the big sports here of course on television are like i mentioned swimming track gymnastics uh basketball definitely gets a lot of run over here by the way you see australia beat the united states last night oh my gosh us is falling off a cliff yeah two straight exhibition losses for the U.S. Concern. men's basketball team. Big concern. Yeah. One's an accident. Two's a trend. Three's a problem, as Chris Berman used to say. Well, we're at two right now. Now, yes, Team USA is not at full strength. That is that is true. And I would expect that Greg Popovich and his staff are going to use this uh, to kind of remind their players that, hey, you're not that good. You can get beaten by anybody. The Nigeria game in particular showed how the three-pointer just as it, as it is in college basketball in the NCAA tournament, the three-pointer is the great equalizer. It certainly was in that game. But uh, the U.S. cannot expect to throw its jock straps out there on the court in Tokyo and walk away with the gold medal. There's not going to be intimidation factor. And shoot, you could argue that the best player in the tournament is not on the U.S. team. He's on the Slovenian team. That, of course, is Luka Doncic. Oh, but Mace, I mean, the U.S. is still loaded. They got KD, they got Dame, they got Jason Tatum. They've got so many good players. It's really inexcusable to to be losing yeah. uh, back-to-back games. That's for sure. So very disappointing. I wonder if they pick it up once uh, once it really gets heated up in this tournament, or if they're if they're out. Maybe, but uh, as Bill Parcells has often said, there's no on switch. You can't just flick it on and expect it to do well. You've got to build up to that. So uh, they've, they've, they've got some work to do here. But uh, I'll say this. I think the U.S. being potentially vulnerable actually makes the basketball tournament more exciting. Oh, without, without it's, a doubt. It's not going to be a runaway. There's, there's still an awful lot of talent on that roster, so it's going to be a team that's worth watching. But uh, this certainly creates a, a level – of drama as well um so yeah the olympics are coming it always sucks that the olympics come during training camp (laughs) i i wish the olympics start zach i wish the olympics started on friday this coming friday right that would be best that would be best for me that that's my selfish view instead when they start at camp when they start at camp what we kind of find ourselves doing is when we're working i got the olympics on in the background quite a bit Yep, exactly. And Melbourne Bronco, it's uh, it, it's really funny that you say down there it's all about swimming, but your team, you're you're a team sport guy. 
It's really funny. This is the one time where I'm not a team sport guy. Like May said, the big ones here are all individual for the most part. Swimming dominates. Gymnastics dominates. Track and field is there. And I wouldn't even say basketball is really a big deal here. So when the U.S. wins it all, I'm sorry Mm -hmm. to say that it's not that big of a deal. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the rest of the world. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, for some reason, the the Olympics for me is all about these individual ones. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like you're saying about the Australians. All about the swimming as well. Uh, and I can't wait for them. And the awesome thing, Mace, is thanks to COVID, we get uh we, we get the Winter Olympics uh mm-hmm. next year, right? Yeah, they're in Beijing. And so we what do you have prefer? To wait a year. Yeah, what do you prefer, Zach? Winter or summer games? Oh, summer by far. Yeah, yeah. summer for I, sure. I love the winter games. Maybe it's the fact that it's winter and you just rather stay inside and watch on television. But I think the winter, I think the winter Olympics actually seem to be a better event they're also smaller so i think it's with the summer olympics it's like a a, it's like a massive buffet and you can't take in everything uh the winter olympics still feel at least kind of at a size that you can put your arms around them and honestly like and also i like curling i love watching curling in the winter olympics i actually find myself watching curling even when it's not the olympics um wow something i've never said oh Curling, curling is a great sport to watch. Oh, wow. I, I, I love the strategy. I guess it's too much of a team sport for me. Yeah, it's. I love the strategy involved with it, and it's kind of hypnotic, but uh, the U.S. winning the gold in curling, the U.S. men winning the gold in curling in Pyeongchang back in 2018, uh, I mean, I was up in the middle of the night watching that match, and when the and, that actually, when they, when they, when, when they, when they clinched that match, that was one of the most, that I was ex- really legitimately excited. Like it was, <laughs> oh, I mean, you're I excited I, now just thinking about it. I think it. I woke up people around the house. It was, it, it just, it was like, you're watching the stone come down the ice. Like, no way. Can they pull that off? And it was like placed perfectly and they get four points in that end. And oh my gosh, it was, it was crazy. I love it. Wow. I, I, I love wow. Hey. I, I, I'm a curling aficionado. Yes, you lie. are. I'll give you that title. That is for sure. And but, someone the, else- but also the thing that happens just real quick, we talk about how Americans become experts uh, on sports, even though they don't follow them the other 47 months. And when the U S team was struggling, Brian Schuster, the team cat, the team, um, the, the team skip, the team captain was, getting roasted on Twitter. And I'm thinking like, my gosh, people probably don't know a thing about curling the rest of the time. And they're, and they are just lamp basting this poor guy on social media. It was wild. (laughs) Oh man, that is wild. And all the Olympians should go get Olympic treatment for their teeth. And our friends over at Green Mountain Dental can hook you up with the best coverage because they're the best family damp or the best family owned dentistry in the metro area. They're extreme Colorado sports fans, just like us. So they like all of the team sports that Colorado has to offer. And I'm sure you can even talk a little bit of a Olympics with them and they treat you just like family. Uh, like, like may said earlier, Lindsay, Allie, they've had their wisdom teeth removed to green mountain dental. So many of us now go to green mountain dental to get our teeth 
taken care of and they're part of our family. They're down at the DNVR bar hanging out with us. We're out there hanging out with them at Green Mountain Dental, getting our teeth cleaned. And when you go, make sure to schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam and you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush when you go. That's all you have to do is get your teeth cleaned. You're going to get your teeth cleaned anyways. Might as well get the best toothbrush out there for free by scheduling a cleaning x-ray and exam. These guys have supported us for a very long time and supporting our partners is supporting us. So you're going to get your teeth cleaned might as well support us and get a free Sonicare toothbrush from our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. Well, Mace, that'll do it for us. Really enjoy the conversation. Thank you, Peyton Manning, for talking about Aaron Rodgers. We will be back with you guys live tomorrow, 10 a.m. on YouTube. Make sure to tune in, and thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Have a terrific Tuesday. Flying cotton